Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. Today is Friday, January the 27th, 2023. Hope y'all are having a great day, afternoon, evening, night, whenever it is that you decide to listen. As always, I appreciate the support. I appreciate the sharing. Continue to do that. But today is a historical day in the All Things Sports Podcast. You want to know why? Because today is the first day that I have a guest on. Welcome to the podcast, my brother Cole. Cole, what's up, man? What's going on? I'm excited, man. Hey, man, listen, I'm excited too. Excited to be here. Um, like I said, it's going to be fun. We're going to go back and forth on some topics. Um, we're going to talk about some NFL, some WNBA, uh, Major League Baseball, which I'm not happy with, by the way, and the NBA. And of course, always my rant of the week, and we'll get on that later. But for today, again, Cole, welcome to the show, man, and let's dive right in. Uh, and so, guys, I want to talk about the NFL right now. Um, y'all know I'm an avid Panthers fan, love the Panthers. Cole's a Panthers fan as well. Um, just y'all know how I feel about him. I love him. So, Panthers did not retain Steve Wilkes. They decided to fire him or – I ain't gonna say fire him, but let him go and not hire him and let him walk, right? And they hired Frank Wright. You don't know who Frank Wright is. Frank Wright was the offensive coordinator for the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl in 2017. He was the offensive coordinator for that team. He did well with Carson Wentz on that team and Nick Foles. And then he spent the last five years with the Colts with a record of 40, 33, and one. Um, honestly, I don't think he deserved to get fired this year. I just think they had a lot of injuries with Jonathan Taylor. Um, the quarterback play has been up and down. I mean, their quarterback this year was uh, – Wentz is gone. Their quarterback this year was Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was – yeah, Matt Ryan did not work. Matt no, Ryan, he just – Not a good fit. No, nah, not a good fit at all. Um, so, and then Matt Ryan got benched. and It just – it was a world mess. And when they fired him, he was 3-5-1. and one. I just think he didn't deserve to be fired. But anyways, uh, he went 40-33-1, and now – 61 years old, offensive-minded coach, and the Panthers. I didn't see the terms of the deal, but they ended up signing him to lead the franchise. And a fun fact, if y'all didn't know, he threw the very first touchdown in Panthers history. He used to play for the Panthers. He was quarterback for him. So, hey, bring him back. <laughs> yeah, he brought him back home, right? So, uh, real quick, Cole, what, what do you think about what do you think about that hire? I mean, do you think it's something that's going to take him back to the Super Bowl? You think it's a good hire, bad hire. Just what are your thoughts on it? I believe it's a good hire for a rebuild to like kind of revamp. Uh, like you said, he's a high offensive coach. I really like that we're bringing some more offense into it because I mean, you see, like recent years here with Carolina, we're like, okay, what can we do? When we had Chris McCaffrey, right. it's like we have these weapons. Uh, DJ Moore's like, hey, can we can we fire up our weapons and let's use them? Right. And so I'm I'm excited to see an offensive coach and to see how he can revamp the offense. Hey, I think he can do that definitely. The only thing that got me was I really wanted D'Amico Ryan, the coach from the. <laughs> 49ers. The, I'm telling you, the D coordinator. Awesome. I really thought that would have been the hire that we needed. Um, and they went with it right. So I think my, it'll work out. I think it'll work my out. feelings on it is I think we'll be a five hundred team. It all depends on who we get a quarterback. Like it all depends on that. Like are, are we gonna sit at nine? Are we gonna trade up? Um uh, like what's gonna happen? Are we gonna go back with Sam Darnold? Are we gonna try to 
hey, I think it's a different offensive play scheme that's going to change the world of the difference. I hope so. Let's I hope so. Really I hope so, and I hope that you know we can resign Foreman. Uh, he did well for us this year and utilized DJ Moore even more. So overall, I'll give it a I don't know a B minus, I guess maybe a C, just because I'm disappointed. Because I wanted D'Amico Ryan. But, Frank, I'm not going to see him that like Frank Wright's not a good coach. He is a good coach. But I would have loved to see D'Amico Ryan um, become the head coach. So, But moving on from that, um, y'all, y- you know how I felt about the Never Broncos this year. If you follow this podcast at any let's point. Let's ride. Let's ride. <laughs> if, you do, if you follow this podcast at any point, you know that I don't ever talk about Denver Broncos. I was sick of the Denver Broncos. I was sick of hearing them. I was sick of watching them. There was a disaster. Ex-Denver Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett was hired by the Jets as an offensive coordinator. What in the world? Cole, what, what dude, what What are they thinking? I, I, the only thing I can see is that they see a lot of knowledge, but the thing was is he did not show any capability of leading an offense no, at all. I mean, no. as a head coach, you are in charge of everything, every aspect of your team. And so to see him, to watch his offense fall apart and Russell Wilson just – it just did not click. Uh, We understand that Javante Williams at the very very beginning of the season was on fire, but I still feel like they weren't using him in the exact way they could have. Uh, To me, he let down the Broncos, so I'm I'm figuring he's going to let down the Jets. Yeah, I mean, everybody was high on him because he led the Packers in 2019 to – a great offense. Like, that's a top five offense. It's Aaron Rodgers <laughs> when he won the MVP. Like, I was it's Aaron Rodgers in one of his best seasons. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, man. Like, this dude, they gave him all this credit for being innovative and all this offense. And literally, I got it right here. Went 4-11 before he got fired. Like, I don't understand what the Jets were thinking with this. I mean, you got Brees Hall coming back. You got Garrett Wilson. You have weapons. Um, and I don't think nobody can fix Zach Wilson. I mean, I don't know how you feel I about I mean, the it. only way I see it working out is if somehow they get another quarterback. Maybe Aaron Rodgers could be the answer to Maybe. that. Maybe they reconnect Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's why the Jets did this. Maybe. That might be the only way I see it be fit. You know what? That's a good point. I didn't think about that. That may be a way to try to lure him to get to the Jets somehow. Um, now, they have to trade for him. I don't know what they'd have to give up for but that's a good point they may lure to say hey we got your old offensive coordinator um you know we can fit him right in he's got weapons garrett wilson elijah moore Brees hall james robinson as a backup um i forgot tight end name conklin or something like that they got elite Corey, yeah Corey davis they have elite weapons man. they got a lot of weapons and my biggest thing about them is legit they're one they're one player away. Yep. I mean, their defense looks phenomenal. Yep. I mean, they're only going to get stronger. They're young. It's a yep. young team all around. Yep. The only way I – and like you said, Aaron Rodgers coming over. I mean, it's going to be some draft picks and probably – it may have to be a Zach Wilson, you know, uh, removing him. But at the end of the day, I can see it working out. Yeah. I think if they can get Rodgers, it'll work out. I'm but excited to see it. I just – I don't understand the hack. If they – I put it this way: If they don't get Aaron Rodgers, I don't understand it. The, yeah, it's the just hire. like it's, they're starting from the same thing. Yeah, it's I a mean, bad hire to me. To me, now they may. Now we're having this conversation, but if Brees Hall didn't get hurt, that's a whole different offense. Yeah, who knows what would have happened? A whole different offense. So, anyways, Panthers hire Frank Wright, um, Nathaniel Hackett, Jets, and also, if y'all haven't, go back and listen to my latest episodes on the playoffs. Who I think is going to win? My analysis of it. Me and Cole's going to dig into it later as well. But uh, for, for right now, we're going to move on. But just check out – go and check out 
on my latest episodes on who I think is going to win. And also, I'll give you the analysis of after the games this weekend, and maybe I can get Cole back on. We can break down each game and let you guys know what happened. But for now, we're going to move on after this short break. So um, get we'll be right back. We're going to jump on the WNBA, and we're going to talk about a legend, a GOAT. She could have been the GOAT, really. But we're going to talk about a GOAT when we get back. This is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. And for the very first time, I guess, Cole, we'll be right back. All right, guys, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR. I got my brother Cole with me. Um, I just want to touch on the WNBA real quick. I uh, just want to touch on an absolute legend, a GOAT, uh, one of the GOATs of the WNBA. She probably, if she would have kept playing, would have been the GOAT, but she didn't She didn't keep playing for good reason. But just want to give a shout-out to Maya Moore for officially retiring from the WNBA. Um, she, been, she walked away from the game in 2019 to um, fight for those that had wrongful imprisonment and one case in particular that she fought for for years. Um, the guy was has been, if you want to know more, go watch, go look up her books. I think she has a book. If I'm not mistaken, maybe it's called Unbreakable. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but just go look up what her book's called. But anyways, long story short, um, she had been working on a case of a guy that had been in jail for over a decade and ends up getting him out, and she ends up marrying the guy. So, But now they work together as... That's crazy. That's crazy, right? Now they work together as, you know, working on other cases, trying to get people that have been wrongfully imprisoned out. But she walked away from the game in 19 to help. And, you know, that's that's an amazing thing. But she was, you know, the ultimate winner. Um, a stellar career in high school, college. She went to UConn and then WNBA. Cole, brother, check this out. She had a record of 563 wins and 95 losses over her entire basketball that's insane to only lose 95 games through high school college and the WNBA <laughs> and the Olympics I mean she played in the Olympics as well that is that's unreal dude she was a winner just a couple of her um, accomplishments real quick a four-time WNBA champion a six-time all-star a three-time all-star game MVP five straight seasons she was named to the all-first team 2014, 2017, second team defense, won the NBA MVP in 2014. She was a finals MVP when they won in 13. She won the scoring title in 14, as well as the rookie of the year in 2011, and also two Olympic gold medals. I could go on and on and she's on. She's a on. dog. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, she was, she's definitely a GOAT of the sport. Uh, just all respect. And if you watch, like me reading the stats, like, they don't even do it justice. Like you have to go back and watch Maya Moore. Like Maya Moore was like she had everything. She could shoot the jumper, the three, the mid range. She had handles. She had size. She could run the floor. She could play defense. Like she was literally everything you wanted in a basketball player. Not just women, a women's basketball. Like I'm convinced she could have played against you know men and held her own. So just a shout out to uh, Maya Moore. Congratulations on an incredible career, and also just uh, congratulations on just what you're doing now like i have so much respect for that you know a lot of people they talk a lot of talk but they don't actually put actions behind it like 
she saw an opportunity. She and if you go back early, she said that she felt the Lord was calling her to do this. Like she felt like this was her calling. She walked away from a sport that she was the greatest in at the time, literally in her prime of her career, walked away to say the Lord's calling me to go into ministry and look what she's done. That's passion. That's that's crazy, man. So really I just want to say, you know, shout out, congrats to Maya Moore. Will definitely be a first ballot Hall of Famer, no question. Minnesota Lynx definitely going to retire her jersey. But salute to you, Maya Moore. You're a goat. You're one of them. Shoot, you're probably the best the NBA's WNBA's unseen. But um, congrats to Maya Moore. Real quick before I move on, um, Brianna Stewart. I don't know if any for my WNBA fans, Brianna Stewart, the prime of her career right now, one of the top five players in the game, is a free agent. And I saw her destinations, the Liberty, the Mystics, the Storm, and the Lynx. Uh, I don't think she needs to go to Minnesota Lynx. Minnesota Lynx aren't good anymore. Um, the Storm, her original team, they lost Sue Bird. Um, I don't know if they'll be as good. But the two teams that I have a lot of interest in are the Liberty and the Mystics. One, the Liberty has Sabrina Nescu. And if you kept up with Sabrina Nescu, triple-double machine, um, just an absolute, you know, of just absolute problem on the court. And the Mystics have Elena Deladon who can get you 23, 24 a night. So I'm curious to see where Brianna Stewart lands. Wherever she lands, she's going to change the landscape of the WNBA um, because she's that good. Uh, won the MVP a couple years ago, finished second last year, led the league in scoring. I mean, she's an absolute problem. She went to UConn as well. So um, all my WNBA fans, be on the lookout for that and to see where Brianna Stewart goes. And one last time, shout out to you, Maya Moore. You're a GOAT. You're a legend. Congrats on an incredible Hall of Fame career. You're the best. Um, all right, bro, moving on. Let's hit some Major League Baseball. And before we get on baseball, I just want to throw it on the record here. For those of you that don't know Cole, played high school baseball, played college baseball. So real passionate about the sport of baseball, a lot of knowledge. So I got a couple things that I want to talk about with him. So did you see the Hall of Fame oh, the other gosh. day? <laughs> so irritating. <laughs> yeah, I, I got some problems with the Hall of Fame voting. Um, let's just jump into it. Let's so, talk about it. Let's talk about it. First, Scott Rowland played third base for the St. Louis Cardinals. Congratulations on making the Hall of Fame. If I don't sound happy, it's because I'm not. Like Scott, <laughs> Scott Rowland was a very good player. Like, don't get me um, wrong. But... <laughs> yeah, don't get me wrong. Great player. Um, did well just i don't think that he deserved the hall of fame over some of the guys that i'm gonna read to you in a minute what was cole read off some of his some of his stats just just so just so we can kind of get a grip on the type player he was so scott Rowland had 316 home runs 1287 rbis and an 855 on base percentage Mm. he is a 1997 rookie of the year He's a 2006 World Series champion, yep. a seven-time All-Star, and an eight-time Gold Glove winner. Okay, so that's a that's a good that's, that's a good career. That's a good career. great career. That's a great career. Um, batted 287. I mean, great career. Now compare that. Compare that to a guy that this was his, I believe, sixth time on the ballot. Who was, and that guy is Andrew Jones. Andrew Jones. For all of my Braves fan, y'all know how I am. Avid Braves fan. <laughs> Cole's an avid Braves fan. Knows them up and down. Knows the roster. He did not deserve to get in over Andrew Jones. There's just no way. I mean, it don't matter who's your favorite team. It don't matter 
what you think about baseball. I mean, at the end of the day, numbers do not lie. But then again, if you watch the game, the players do not lie. The way they play the game does not lie. And if you see the, how electric Andrew Jones was, to this day, he would yeah. still be one of the best players in yes. the league. I he mean, was one of the best center fielders. He was a game changer for sure. He was one of the best center fielders for a decade. I mean, uh-huh. now, here's the thing with Andrew Jones that people are going to hold against, you know, people like me and you. And for all my brave listeners out there, if you kept up with Andrew Jones early, Andrew Jones was dominant for about a few years stretch. I want to say like eight or nine. After he turned 30, for some reason, he just he fell off. He went to the Dodgers. He went to the Yankees. He rebounded with the Yankees. I want to say he went to the Mets for one year. Um, I have to double check that. But I know he played for the Dodgers, and I know he played for the Yankees. I feel like it's the Mets. It could be somebody different. But anyways, people can hold that against him because after his age 30 season, he only batted 217 for the rest of his career. So I understand why, but dude, listen, just listen to these numbers. 434 home runs. That's crazy. Th- that alone is crazy. 1,289 RBI, which is what? Two more than so he has two more RBI to Scott Rowland. He has runs. over 120 more home actually 118 more home runs. Exactly. Had an 823 on base percentage, which is what? 0.30 less than Scott Rowland. 254 batting average, which is 0.30 less. But again, y'all gotta remember. After his age 30 season, he struggled. He has he had injuries and also his batting average took a hit. Listen to this. Ten gold gloves compared to Scott Rowland's eight, and he played center field. That's insane. Is that not insane? Ten gold gloves at center field. Let me read you something else real quick. He is one of four players all time. All right. Everybody listen to me. All time. Cole. All time. You know how many players have played in Major League Baseball since the <laughs> beginning. He is one of four players. So four out of thousands. There's been over 20-something thousand players in Major League Baseball. That's insane. He is one of four. I keep repeating it because I'm trying to get y'all to see this. With 400 home runs and 10 gold gloves. Do you know who the other four is? Willie Mays, Mike Smith. I mean, other three is, excuse me. Willie Mays, Mike Smith, and the great Ken Griffey Jr. They're the other three. And they all was first ballot Hall of Famers. And Andrew Jones is on his sixth try. And it don't make any sense, Cole. It, it doesn't is, it doesn't make any sense. It just loses me as a, a baseball fan. I'm just because like to be honest with you, I, Scott Rowland, I mean my family, I have a lot of family in St. Louis, That's love right. the Cardinals. That's right. I mean love them. But at the end of the day, it's not because I'm a Braves fan, it's because I'm a baseball fan. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So baseball Get him in there. Get him in there, man. Get him in there. I'll be honest with you. I got a problem with. I got a problem with the baseball Hall of Fame. Anyway, I mean, we. This boys. this is another argument for another day. Boys. Maybe me and you can bring it up. Barry Bonds, the, the fact that Barry Bonds is not in the Hall of Fame is besides me. Uh, even Pete Rose, like, I understand Pete Rose was betting on games that he was managing in. I get it. Like that's that violates the integrity of the game. But now we live in a day and age, Cole, where we could sports bet on anything. Anything. Like, so now I feel like it's a double standard. Like, Calvin Ridley was betting on his own team that he was playing in. He got a year. He didn't get a a lifetime ban. Like, I get it. When you're a manager, you have a little more control of who's in, who's out, who's what. You you have more control of tanking a game. Right. Like, I understand that. So I understand why Pete Rose got the punishment that he got. But I feel like Rob Manfred, the commissioner of the 
baseball, I feel like he should up, he should get rid of this because now, when you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, I haven't been there yet. Have you? You ever been to the Baseball Hall of no, Fame? No, no. I haven't either. So, but I've heard that everywhere you look, Pete Rose's name is there. He's in every record. Like Pete Rose is one of the greatest players in Major League Baseball history, and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds is the home run king. I don't care what you feel about the steroids. He's the home run king. One of the greatest players ever. Let me throw this out there real quick. Before the Royds, Barry Bonds won four MVPs. Barry Bonds hit 300-something home runs. Barry Bonds had X amount of gold gloves. Barry Bonds was a 300 hitter before Royds. All right? So his career was already trajecting to be great. Now, say what you want to say about the Royds. Is it wrong? Yes, but hey, there's no telling who was doing it. There's no telling how many people were doing it. There's no telling. But anyways, again, that's another argument for another day. Barry Bonds deserves to be in. Let me read you something real quick before we finish this discussion and I get more from you. This year, um, I'm gonna give you the top, I'm gonna give you the top nine people in order of who was uh, you have to have 75% of votes to pass to get in the Hall of Fame. All right. So Cole, I'm read this to you. Scott Rowland got in with 76.3% of votes, right? You know who was next? You remember Todd Helton, first baseman from the Rockies? That's right. He was next with 72.2%. Billy Wagner, the closer from the Phillies, was third with 68.1%. Andrew Jones was 58% of the vote. That is ridiculous to me. How do you only – how do only – he gets 58% of the vote. That doesn't make no sense. no sense to me. All right, Gary Sheffield, another great player in his own right, 55%. Carlos Beltran, this was his first year on the ballot, um, 46.5%. Now, let's go back. This was Sheffield's ninth year on the ballot. This was Andrew Jones's sixth year on the ballot. This was Jeff Kent. Jeff Kent was great. Jeff Kent, this is his 10th year on the ballot. He only got 46.5%. These other two names right here. When I read these, you're going to be like, what? A-Rod, Alex Rodriguez, second year on the ballot, only got 35% of the vote. Manny Ramirez, only. this is his seventh year on the ballot. He only got 33% of the vote. Please tell me how. Alex Rodriguez and Manny Ramirez is not Hall of Famers. I'm gonna read you something else real quick before. I know I'm talking a lot, but I'm passionate about this because it's un, it's insane to me that these all right that these great players aren't in the Hall of Fame. Check this out, Alex Rodriguez. I, want, I just want to read some stats to you. Three thousand one hundred fifteen hits, third all time, or maybe second all time. I have to look it up. Two thousand eight and eighty six RBI. 696 home runs, oh 295 batting average, a 930 on base percentage, a 117.6 wins above replacement, won a World Series in 09. He was a three-time MVP, a 10-time Silver Slugger, a 14-time All-Star, a two-time Gold Glove winner, and won the batting title in 96. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. I, I, don't, I don't get it. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, sense. he takes steroids. There's that's that has to be the speculation. Well, he admitted that he did, but and, and I get it. Look, look, I get it, man. But you can't tell the game of baseball through steroids that and without them, right? You can't tell the game of baseball without Alex Rodriguez and Barry Bonds, like they are a integral part of baseball and two of the greatest players to ever play the game. And they're probably not going to make the Hall of Fame. I mean, that's household names. I mean, that's names that even if you're a kid now, you're five years old, you're going to hear about. I mean, 
think about it. People aren't going to be hearing about Scott Rowland all the time. <laughs> I, mean, I can't right. tell the kids at, right. at, down at the younger levels, hey, you know who Scott Rowland is? Uh, right. No. But if I say, hey, you know who Barry Bonds is? Yes. They're going to know. You know who Alex Rodriguez is? Yes. I mean, they know those names. Those are household names. So from your perspective, from a guy that played baseball, I mean, why? I mean, I don't understand. From your perspective, like, does Andrew Jones deserve to be in or are we just crazy? Do you think, I mean, I truly believe he deserves to be in, and I truly believe he's going to be in it. I know he will. Yeah. The thing about it is, is there's so much speculation with yeah. uh, he didn't win a World Series. Yeah. A lot of people always want to say, hey, you know, winning, winning, winning. But think about there's so many great players that was on so many bad teams. Right. And it, you just cannot help it. Right. At the end of the day, Andrew Jones did what he could do with what he had. Right. And he made a statement in the league every single year he oh, was yeah. in it. Now, when he fell off, I mean, baseball is one of them sports, man, when it's just not clicking and when it's not working, you get in a slump. I mean, it's just that kind of a sport. Right. But he showed you how great he was. And I just believe that people are looking at his slump more than his his high greatness, and how yeah. greatness he was. Absolutely. So, I mean, I just hope people start to look at how great he was instead of looking at the slump and looking at the World Series rings. I mean, all those things are cool and everything, but guys, he is a difference maker. And that's one of the players that if you're playing center field, you're going to watch his highlights. You're going to watch how he plays. You're going to watch how he, he tracks a ball. And even his hitting, you're going to watch how he, I mean, he tries so hard to stay uh, and that's what I understand is like, how could you watch him and not go, he's, he's great? <laughs> exactly. I mean, how could you watch him and not go, that dude changed baseball? Exactly. Because there's so many players now that look up to his swing, that look up to his no. the way he runs after no. a ball, the way he tracks after a ball. I mean, his first step was so electric. I mean, I, I don't know how they're, look, they're missing I'm, him. I'm a big fan of eye test. And what I mean by that is when you watch the play, when you watch them play, <laughs> that's like exactly what like, baseball is all about. I you guess. always hear the saying men and women lie, but numbers don't lie. And that's true. Numbers don't lie. But you know what else don't lie? The eye test. The eye when test. you watch somebody, you know something different, right? Like you watched him and knew like, okay, this dude different. Like even post injury, he came out with the Yankees and hit 20, 30 home runs later in his career. Like I mean, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal, man. So I, we, Right here, all things sports. I'm gonna give you a flowers, Andrew Jones, Cole. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. You should not be in your sixth try. You should be. You should have been first ballot. A Rod should have been first ballot. That's right. Manny Ramirez, who don't get enough credit, should have been first ballot. I mean, these so, are all future Hall of Famers. I mean, get they, them in there. They, I mean, they, it's just that simple. Put them in, man. So baseball Hall of Fame, do better. And I'll be honest with you. One more thought before we move on. I'm not real big on rings in baseball now don't get me wrong Derek Jeter won five of them that helps his case but there, even if Derek Jeter wouldn't have won five rings we still recognize him as one of the greatest shortstops to ever play the game That's right. Cal Ripken never won a ring That's right. but he's one of the greatest players in the game right like some of these guys Barry Bonds Never, never run a ring. ring. And that's the thing. is like baseball is not the sport where just one player that's impacts right. the game. That's right. That's People have got to understand that is, you know, as some other sports, you know, the quarterback can totally change the direction right. of a team. The point guard or if you're LeBron James or Michael Jordan or if you're right. those great players, you can change the direction of that team. Right. Why? Because you can put the ball in your hand. Right. And baseball, number one, like here, Aaron Jones is playing center field. The ball don't get hit to him. He's not changing the game. Right. If he's up the bat and he gets one hit and his, his players don't hit him in, he's not changing the game. Why? Right. Because it's just baseball is a team sport where everybody has to be clicking. That's right. And so 
that's why these names that we're naming, they don't have to win World Series to be the greatest. You know what I'm saying? Right. They right. deserve it by the eye test. They deserve it by what they've done. Their stats do not lie. That's right. They don't <laughs> lie. And last point, when you look at Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds was the only man who, when the bases was loaded, they walked him. That's how scared people was of him. <laughs> he got awesome. intentionally walked. He got intentionally walked with the bases loaded. Just think about that. You played to baseball. score a player. Yeah, to They've score done somebody. it with a guy on third. They were willing to give up one run rather than pitch to this guy. If that's not Hall of Fame, I, I don't know what it is. I, mean, I just don't. I don't. Get I mean, it. I'm losing respect for the Hall of Fame. I mean, oh, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> just, man. They need to change it. They need to get some of these voters out because this stuff getting ridiculous. But, anyways, that's our thoughts on the Baseball Hall of Fame um, and Scott Rowland. Congratulations, Scott Rowland. If you ever hear the Hall of Fame Sports Podcast, congratulations. But, and I'm not saying. Here's the thing. For all you St. Louis fans, I'm not saying that he don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. He does. Maybe he does deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, but he didn't deserve to be Andrew Jones, Manny Ramirez, A-Rod. He didn't deserve that. Oh, and by the way, the World Series title he won in 06, Pujols was the guy. Just just throwing that out there. I was like, Pujols. Just throwing that out there. So <laughs> let's move on, Cole. Let's jump to some NBA, what we're going to talk about for a little bit before we close the show out. Um, actually, let's take a quick break real quick. And then we'll come back with you guys, and we're going to talk about the NBA. I'm going to ask Cole a few questions. We're going to talk about just around the league. That's pretty much what this segment is going to be. It's going to be around the league, and I'll ask him some questions. And then, as usual, I'll give you my uh, All Things Sports Power Rankings and MVP Rankings. We'll be right back, All Things Sports Podcast, with your guy, JR, and a first-time guest, Cole. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, guys, welcome back. All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR, my brother Cole. Let's talk about around the NBA real quick. Um, just to get some of your thoughts and Cole on the NBA and kind of get some of my thoughts out of what I've been keeping up, what I've been seeing. Normally, guys, you know I do just a separate episode on around the NBA. So, But just for today, uh, since I have Cole here, we're going to talk about just a few questions I have around the league. I may come back with another episode with just strictly NBA where I break down who I think should be starting or who I think, excuse me, starting the all-star game, who I think is going to get the MVP. I may give you my mid-season awards, uh, MVP, Defense Player of the Year, that kind of stuff. I may do another episode with just strictly that. Before today, we're just going to highlight some points around the NBA that I just want to talk about that I've been noticing uh, and just kind of give you guys my opinions and maybe me and Cole have some different opinions. We'll see. So we'll we'll go and go from there. Um, the load management. Uh, I this load management stuff is getting on my nerves. Cole, what do you? How do you feel about the load management going around the league right now? It's aggravating. Um, you see it all. You see it on social media. Uh, kids going to games and expecting their favorite player to play, and all of a sudden, two minutes or an hour before game time, oh, he's not playing. Right. Um, also, the way that these players are maybe getting treated in the moments of they want to play sometimes or they don't want to play and they're being played. I mean, at the end of the day, they're not managing the situation that the like NFL they'll give you and push out information to you well before the game time. That's true. Um, they'll give you time to understand the roster. They give you time to understand who's in and who's out. That's true. Uh, right now, the load management it's it's aggravating and it's it's hard to know. 
uh, and expect who's playing. Right. And, and that's aggravating. It's different if it's a legit injury and you're not sure of who's going to be there, who's not going to be there. Like, that's different. But it's got to the point now to where, like, you know, you'll have a star play Friday night and if it's back-to-back, you won't find out until right before game time that they're not playing unless they go ahead and pre-tell you. Now, I get it. If you're one of the people that you plan your trips and at the beginning of the year, like, you plan to go see, I don't know, Jaw play. Jaw, that's not a bad idea. That's a bad one. Jaw always plays. If you plan to go see Kawhi, right. you know, two months out, you really don't – you really can't plan it because you just don't know. And right. my biggest problem with it is, is that I, 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 I've talked about it before on the podcast, but I'm just not a fan of it because it sucks for the fans that – buys these tickets and expect to see your favorite player and then all of a sudden you realize he's not there right like and I get it you know they talk about you know basketball is tough and all that man we have so much technology now between sports science they have therapists on every therapist they have physical therapists excuse me on every team we have so much medicine we have all this stuff that can help us recover you know I go back to you know back in the 80s and 90s and even the early 2000s, man, it's like, I feel like you didn't see low management like it is now because one, it wasn't really such a thing, but two, those guys understood that they had an obligation to go out there and not only for them, but you know, for the fans, for the team to perform. And listen, I'm not sitting here saying that they have to do everything the fans ask. If they did that, it would be a, you know, this would be, can't do that. That'd be crazy. But like just randomly taking nights off, like the NBA has to do something about it. Um, because it's annoying. I don't care if they try to refund you half your ticket. I don't care if they just say, hey, you know, maybe the night before, you know, they let you know, hey, this player ain't playing or it's got something's got to be done. And the thing, and besides the fan standpoint that's really bothering me, is the big time matchups. Like the other night, I want to say two nights ago, maybe three nights ago, um, the Denver Nuggets was playing the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right. Nikola Jokic did not play because he was quote unquote low managing. Everybody wants to see Jokic versus Giannis. Everybody. That's an that's a top, you know, few guys in the MVP rankings. Those are top teams in the NBA. Nuggets are one. Bucks are three in the East. Nuggets are one in the West. Bucks are three in the East. That's a big time matchup, right? So you're thinking, man, Jamal Murray versus Drew Holiday, Jokic versus Giannis. You got Michael Porter Jr. versus you know uh, PJ. You oh, PJ on the Sixers now. You got him versus uh, Middleton. You got all these nice matchups just to find out that Jokic didn't play. Like, don't get me wrong, I like the Nuggets. I'm a fan of basketball, so I'm going to watch it anyway. I didn't want to watch that game without Jokic. I mean, I wanted to see Jokic versus Giannis. That's what you want to see. Like, you want your stars to play. That's how they generate money. That's how your star – when your stars play, it just makes for a great night. So, I'm – you know how I feel about load management. It, It drives me absolutely nuts. Um, and I just hope that the NBA somehow finds a way to fix this. I'll give you another example before we move on. The other night, I don't know if you saw this, Steve Kerr did not play Steph, Clay, Wiggins, or Draymond after they lost that game to uh, the Celtics. They had a back-to-back, I believe. It was the Celtics and the Cavs. Didn't play none of them. And then comes out after the game, and this is what makes me mad. He came out after the game and was like, I feel bad for the young fan that traveled all the way over here. Well, if you feel bad for him, play him. He's like, I feel bad they didn't get to see Steph or they didn't get to see whoever. 
But and then he said this statement, which really drove me nuts. Then he said the NBA just needs to go to 72 games a year. No, they do not. Steve Kerr, you played in an era where everybody always played. That's right. He played with Jordan, the one guy who always played. Jordan never missed a game if he if he wasn't seriously injured. Never missed a game. But now you want 72 games? Like to me, you can't go to 72 games. Like it, it going cutting 10 games off the season changes everything, everything. for me. It really does. Now, would it make the regular season more competitive? Probably, because you got 10 less games to make sure you make the playoffs. But we don't need to go to 72 games. The problem is, is these guys need to suck it up, take care of their body, and play. Now, if you're injured, that's different. Or if you are an older player like LeBron, LeBron takes a night or two off. He's 38. Like, I mean, that's different. With over 60,000 minutes in the NBA career, combined regular season of playoffs, that's different. Like, you deserve a night off at 38 with over 60,000 minutes. Like, you deserve one night off. I understand that. But just to be taking a night off, just to be taking one off, I don't agree with that. Um, you get paid to play. That's just that's what it is. It is what it is. I mean, the only thing I can see can fix it is they put now the night before, hey, this player is a game-time decision. Right. Um, and that's good. I mean, when a player is healthy, right. but all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm feeling a little – uh, my ankle or my knee right. is sore. I'm feeling my calf is sore. Okay, put those things out there. You know, don't put he's healthy, he's healthy, he's healthy, and then the game right before the game, two hours in, hey, he's gonna be sitting out. I mean, those kind of things crush, crush fans. I mean, they do. Uh, but like, I understand there's some things you cannot control, and there's some things that will never be fixed. And this may be one of those things that is kind of hard to control and fix. Yeah. But as a person who loves sports. I love football, I love baseball, I love basketball, I watch them all. And the thing is, is every sport I watch besides basketball is able to usually tell me if a player's in or out uh, before the game. And usually it's a day or two before. Yeah, it's just it, it's just getting annoying, man. So Maybe don't play back-to-back nights. Don't have teams and, play back-to-back nights. Dude, that's if that's thing. a fix to it, do just do that. That's don't allow thing. teams to play back-to-back. The NBA eliminated a lot of the back-to-backs. Like, if you go back and look at the schedule, I think they cut out, like, I think teams have four or five less back-to-back games. And then they made the All-Star break a week long. So now what you got to break, it's just, it just drives me nuts. <laughs> I don't want to go out. It just drives me nuts. Um, and I get it, man. Look, I, I get it for those of you listening. High-level athletes constantly going up and down the court, constantly practicing weight. I get it. You know, they, they, they're putting their bodies through a lot. But – you, you get paid to play the game. You get paid to do a job. If we just don't show up to our job because we load managing, we're going to lose the job, right? Like, right. like I, I get it, but you got to play. Moving on, man, how about LeBron, bro? How about LeBron's chase to catch Kareem? I think as of this morning, I think it was like 177 points away from becoming the all-time leading scorer. I could be wrong. could be a few points off, but – um. Before I get your uh, opinion, his last 10 games, 36.7 minutes per game, which I think it's a little too much. But again, LeBron keeps himself in great shape. Um, 32.7 points per game, 9.2 rebounds per game, <laughs> 8.2 assists, but it seems been 5-5. Five and five. I mean, he's done with everything he could, but pretty much averaging 33-9-8 and eight over his last 10. Dude, he, he's incredible. I mean, he I – mean, that's. For a guy that's 38, <laughs> that's phenomenal. <laughs> that, that's phenomenal. Um, 
What do you feel about this? In your opinion, and I'll put you on the spot. In your opinion, if he breaks Kareem's, not if, when he breaks Kareem's <laughs> yeah, sure. all-time leading score and becomes, like, he's going to be able to walk around and say, I'm the all-time leading scorer. That's crazy. In the NBA, when he breaks that record, do you consider him the greatest of all time? Or like what, like what would that do for you? What in your mind? What would that do for you? You know, on, in your opinion about LeBron when he breaks that all-time scoring record? I mean, it does a few things. The first thing, it just proves that he is who he is. It yep. proves that he is the goat, uh, or can be the goat. Okay, yep. Uh, number two, the whole question of who's the GOAT, it really comes down to, at this point, they've both given themselves a reason to call themselves the GOAT. Oh, absolutely. They've given, like, they're both valid. So from now on, on I don't want to hear people arguing, oh, this person's the GOAT. You're both right. I mean, if you believe LeBron's the GOAT, then you're, you have every single reason. Right. And this just adds another reason to me. Right. This makes it even more valid of a reason to say LeBron's the GOAT. I mean, for so long, I'm like, oh, yeah, Michael Jordan's the GOAT. Why? Because I've just been taught my whole life that Michael Jordan is the GOAT because he's valid. He has every reason to be the GOAT. And and we argue and argue about LeBron. Man, I'm going to say this is my way. I play sports and I'm only 20 and I'm already feeling the pain that at, at 20 or oh, yeah. so many years of sports, I'm already feeling the pain. He is what, 40? He's 38. 30. I mean, that's right. How about 38 yeah. going? He's pushing 40. Yeah. And he's still playing. At, at such a high <laughs> level. I mean, guys, he takes a lot of games off, and he's he is playing at 36.7 minutes a game. Yeah. I mean, guys, at his age, he is pushing it. I mean, he is pushing – I mean, that's good. Yeah, I, I mean, saw, to me, that is the, one of the greatest – that is probably one of the greatest athletes ever watched. And I saw, you know, I think his last game – not his last game, he only had 20. The game before that, when they played the Clippers, when he scored 46, I believe, or something like that, one that he scored 40 points against every team in the NBA, which is unreal. And then I saw that he's just tied Michael Jordan for the most career games with 45 plus games after your 38 year age season. So of everybody that's been 38 years old in the NBA, Jordan scored 45 four three times, and LeBron has now done it three times. He'll he'll get another 45 piece for sure. before the season's over, and he'll have that record. But that just goes to show you that. And look, for all my Jordan lovers out there, Jordan was great after 38, 39, 40. Jordan still put up buckets. The only difference is, is Jordan played 15 years or something like that, 15, 16 years. LeBron's on year 20. I mean, I mean that's it's like I said. It, that's a big difference. He's adding things yeah. to the sport that nobody's looking at. Yeah. Nobody's looking at the minutes per game. Yeah. Nobody's looking right now at his – I mean, I know everybody notices his age, yeah. but nobody's comparing it. Yeah. to Jordan's age. At I mean, at this point, here's – and I can't wait. One day, maybe when the season's over, one day I'll have you back on and we can debate top tens and all that. I've gotten to where I, I don't really debate the GOAT thing anymore because the eras of basketball are so different. And I'm a firm believer that if you put Michael Jordan in this era, man, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say he's getting 40 a game, but, I mean – he get 40 a game. Like, yeah, he's gonna I get mean, it. Jordan's going to get buckets. And, you know, he came up through a time with Jordan's career average. Check this out. He averages more points per game than Will Chamberlain. And you know how crazy Will Chamberlain was. That's insane. Jordan averages 30 points. I want to say one points a game. Will was like 30. Something about like a tenth of a point. So it ain't like tremendously more. No. But a mat, and he did that for most of his career without shooting three. 
We shoot the three ball now. Players take at least, what, six or seven a game now? Jordan would have adapted and took that many threes. So just imagine what that would have done for his scoring average. That's the right. way he jumped, the way he got to the line, his post moves, uh, that he could dunk on you. He could His layup package was unreal. Um, Jordan was a great defensive player. So I'm not sitting here saying that Jordan's better than LeBron or LeBron's better than Jordan. One quote that I like that I heard, um, Doc Rivers said, Doc Rivers said that Michael Jordan was the GOAT. But LeBron has had the best career of anybody of any player. I actually like that that quote. I LeBron has had the best That's career valid. out of any player in NBA history. That's valid. I mean, yeah, I mean, for him to, I mean, I know everybody, everybody wants to know if he's gonna be able to play with his son, but for him to even be able to push that <laughs> yeah. is like mind blowing to yeah. me. I mean, people are totally overlooking the things that he's done. Yeah, and so, and the championships matter. It's easy. Yeah, championships <laughs> matter. Jordan's got six, but LeBron has four, and LeBron's been to ten. Like that, like I'm not in this debate when it comes to them too. I don't hold the six versus four too high. Like Jordan was six for six, I understand that, and LeBron's four for ten, but he got there ten times, man. Got there like, ten times. And again, what I just said earlier, the eye test. When you watch LeBron play, it is spectacular, man. Like so, I don't really get into the the goat debate a lot, but I will say this. When he passes Kareem, become the all-time leading scorer, he's going to be the only player ever, you know, first in scoring. He's going to be top five in assists if he's not already. I think he's already top five in assists and probably going to reach top ten in rebounding. He's going to be the only player ever to do that. I, I mean, mean that, that's it's it's unreal, man. It, how about this? He's going to be the goat in stats oh, coming up. Absolutely. So if he already gets, if he already beats out everybody in stats. Um, the only thing you can argue is the rings. I'm telling you, that's and if it. that's your argument, then just don't argue. That's because right. at the end of the day, like I said, believe what you want to believe. They both gave their reasons, and I'm just saying this for you to even argue that you're the goat with LeBron or you're the goat with Michael Jordan. Like both of those things are just incredible. Yeah, I mean, the only other person I can even talk about that is Tom Brady. Tom Brady yeah. is only the person that's in that conversation as the goat. This is where I put them to. I put. Jordan, LeBron, and then everybody else. And, 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 <laughs> this is a whole nother And I get it. You know, <laughs> all my Kobe fans are probably going to be mad at me. And also, rest in peace to Kobe. I know it's been three years. I think it was yesterday since he passed away, him and his daughter, and everybody else on that airplane. So, condolences to the family still. And um, rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi. But um, to all my Kobe fans, I know they're probably going to be mad at me. But here's the thing, man. LeBron better than Kobe. I know people don't like to hear that, but he just is. Yeah. But um, for me, it's – LeBron Jordan or Jordan LeBron, however you want to put it, and then everybody else. Like you just and it, the other thing before we move on, you can't just say ring. I mean, Bill, I mean, Bill Russell's got eleven. I mean, if we're gonna talk about rings, I mean Robert Ory's one of the goats, right? He's got seven. Like, <laughs> right. I mean, like come on, man. Like brings him up nobody brings him up in this conversation. So rings cannot be the determining factor anymore. Okay. Michael Jordan was phenomenal. Michael Jordan is a GOAT to mo- to most people. But I'm gonna tell you right now, LeBron James is making it very hard. For people to not say that he's not the goat. I mean, just the stuff that he's doing is absolutely incredible. I mean, I like to say this, and I'll be done talking about it. Is you, you hear the quote where Tom Brady says, "I want to be the next Michael Jordan," mm-hmm. right? It's a whole different sport. That's how goat. Right. That's how much of a goat uh, Michael true. Jordan was. That's true. That Tom Brady says, "I want to. I'm going for for MJ." Right, right? right. now, people are going to be saying, "I'm going for LeBron." Facts. Uh, if that's age, if that's just anything, Facts. I mean, everybody sees it. LeBron took care of his body. And the eye test that he's still passing at this age of 38 is incredible. It's incredible. incredible. But 
I mean, we can go on and on about it. Yep. That's how long of a career he's had. Shout out to LeBron, man. <laughs> and for any Laker talk, I am good on Laker talk. For any Laker talk, go check out my brother, uh, the Chill Bravado podcast. Uh, he is great. He talks about Laker. He has a series called Laker 8216, which is a cool name. But anyways, he talks about <laughs> Laker 82-16, meaning there's 82 games in the season, 16 games to get the chip. So go talk to my, uh, go listen to my brother's podcast, the Chill Provado Podcast with uh, Chill B. He does in a phenomenal job of breaking down each Laker game, and he does in a phenomenal job of giving you the ins and out of the Lakers. He's been a Lakers fan for as long as I've known him for his whole life. Man, he he is so good at it. So again. The Chill Bravado Podcast with Chill B. Go check my brother out. So moving on, hey, let's talk about the Nets, man. How, how, how do you feel about the Nets so far without KD? I mean, Kyrie has stepped up some, and he's played pretty good. I think he's answered the question that he's able to carry a team um, without him. So what do you think about the Nets so far with uh, KD being out? Well, let's just say this. They're 29-19, and 19, Okay. and, you know, most of those is – KD in there. Yeah. But at the right now, you're seeing Kyrie step up and yeah. becoming the player he needs to be. And this is honestly to me the best thing that could happen. Oh yeah. For because sure. what's happening is is Kyrie's finding himself more. Yeah. And the team is having to step up. It's not just Kyrie stepping up. It's the team stepping up behind Kyrie. That's right. And Kyrie's starting to find a lead role here, which we've all been wanting to see. We've That's all been right. wanting to see Kyrie stepping in his lead role, get out of this nonsense talk. Everything's everything's going around outside of basketball and get into the basketball things. And right now, Kyrie's digging deep and finding it. So when KD gets back, he's coming back to a team that's already hot, not him having to carry. And that's when I think KD is going to play at his best, even more, like, even better than he's been playing. Why? He can play free. Right. He ain't got to have, okay, I got to carry this team. No, he sees this team now playing at such a high level that's still championship ball Absolutely. that when he gets back, he's just adding to it. Guys, that is a team you need to pay attention to. I mean, you hear all these other teams coming up, uh, but guys, the Nets are looking very scary without KD. So with KD, guys, it's a different ball team. It's going to be a problem. And they've done all this without Ben Simmons being Ben Simmons. That's true. He's just a role player. He's just a role player right Which is the scary part. I mean, it's awesome. And I'll be honest with you, I've watched Ben Simmons. and Me and Chill B, we talked about it. You know, I was talking to him. He he don't like he's having fun anymore. And And that sucks to see out of Ben Simmons, like, if you remember old Ben Simmons, like he would grab the ball off the glass, take it coast to coast, dunk on you, and then come and get you ten assists tonight. Like Ben Simmons, and was an elite defender. Like I mean, it, when you watch him play I mean, now, he looks like he ain't having fun. He just looks like it's it's hard for him. So I hate to see him. Yeah, I hate to see that man. I hate to see that. And if Ben Simmons can get clicking for this team, like if he can get back to the old Ben Simmons, man, watch out. Like I like Milwaukee. I like the Sixers. I like the Celtics. But I'm telling you, if Ben Simmons wake up, that's man, a big three. It's going mean, to be a problem. What do you, before we move on, what do you expect when KD gets back? Do you expect them to keep winning? Do you expect KD to come back and not miss a beat? Because we've seen it from him. The dude came back from an Achilles Honestly, tear and got better. I mean, if, if you say he's not going to come back and, and he's not going to be himself, then yeah, you're just, you haven't watched him. And it was an MCL sprain, so it wasn't like it was a serious, yeah. serious injury. It's one of, I mean, he's already been running. I, I, yeah. I've, I've seen where they said that he's been running, up yeah. and he's getting some things. I'm not worried at all. I yeah. mean, I, he, the way his game style is, yeah. is he's jumping right back into Easy it. Easy Money Sniper. That's what Easy they call Money it. Easy Money Sniper, baby. Shout out to Easy Money. Um, Man, what's wrong with the Warriors, man? Like, <laughs> that, what? I don't understand, man. Is it – do you still think they're battling from the Draymond – 
green punch. I, I personally think that's not a problem no more. No. I, I just it's, think. It's emotion. It's like the team, if you watch as a whole, yeah. it's not one of them things where every single part's working. Yeah. It's like the puzzles trying to be fit and pieced together in different ways. Uh, I mean, we see we're watching like, oh, dang, Clay's clicking sometimes. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, Curry's clicking. And then you got Jordan Poole. Oh, he's clicking. Yeah. Why can't we all click? Like, yeah. why can't Andrew Wiggins be clicking with Jordan Poole yeah. and Curry and Clay? It's like one of these players or two of these players are stepping up each and every game. That's right. I want to see all of them step up. And I think where maybe some injuries yeah. or maybe like we were talking about earlier, people sitting out right. here and then there. I think that's also they're not getting in rhythm. Yeah. And right now in the NBA, the teams that are in rhythm that you see the Kings, I mean, Boy, like who would expect them to do what they're doing? Why? The rhythm. Right. They're uh, taking it and excuse. they're running with it. You right. don't see Darren Fox sitting out right now. Right. Why? They got rhythm. Uh, that is every more reason why they need to be firing off all cylinders right now. And if not, then they just need to go ahead and start moving on for some of these players on the worst team. And defense. They don't stop nobody. They, they don't. Mean, they don't. Every and, single – they're so offensive-minded. And, they're, you know, when you talk to them, you hear Clay say, oh, we're not worried about that. We just need to make the playoffs. Like, at this point – and my brother TLB going to laugh at me when he hear this, but because I'm, I'm never worried about him. No. I told him I wasn't worried about him. At this point, you got to start worrying about him. Like, you go on a four-game losing streak, you out of the play-in. You out of the playoffs and the play-in tournament. Like, the West is that close. Outside of Denver and uh, Memphis, who separated themselves, you could go on a four-game winning streak – and go from 10th place to third place. Literally how Literally. the Warriors lost two in a row and went from six to eight. So right now, the Warriors are sitting at the eighth spot right. with 24 wins and 24 losses, so they're at 500. That's crazy. Here's the deal. is Behind them, you have Timberwolves with 25 wins, yep. Jazz with 25 wins, yep. and then behind them, a young Thunder team with 23. Yeah, basically, you have the Lakers even under them. That's the only team that I can see pushing them. But that's what, oh, yeah. if that's if the Lakers make – some more moves and make a push. I mean, think about it. If the Lakers win three in a row, they're in the <laughs> they're in they're seven, right there. They're in the six seven. So spot. they're also close. And not to mention that the Clippers right above them at twenty seven. Right. The Suns right above them at twenty five. The Mavericks right above them at twenty six wins. So all these they're all one to two games behind. Yep. That's why this Western. I mean, legit all the way up until you get to the Kings at twenty seven. The Kings are sitting in the third best spot at 27. <laughs> and 20. I know that the, yeah. the Warriors being down at number eight sounds kind of scary, but if you go all the way down to 13 is the Lakers that can still yep. end up at that three, four oh, yeah. spot. Oh, yeah. So that's why it's such a important, you know, they need to yeah. start going. They need to start clicking. I just think they need to, like you said, continue to play, continue to build chemistry. Um, and continue to just play your guys. Like Clay ain't gonna play on a back to back. I understand the injuries. That's, I understand that too. They've already they've already came out and said he won't play back to back. Which I respect. Year. Yeah, I, I, I respect. get it. He had I like two major. Ahead, I like that. Go ahead and tell us. Yeah, he had two <laughs> major injuries. Like I understand that, but the Warriors they, they need to get it together, or they're gonna find themselves missing the playoffs, which would be crazy. A team with Steph Curry leading it is gonna miss the playoffs. That'd be wild. So well, I will say they're losing. So many away games. Yeah, their their away record is. It's it's not even. Yeah, it's absolutely terrible. It's like if if they could win the away games. Right. And honestly, what you did just mention opens my eye about the clay, not playing back to back. Is that messing up the rhythm? Is that the is that the roadblock? Well, is when he come when he comes back in and out of the games, 
does the team know how to keep working with him as the same as we're The starting five, yeah, because they've played together for what, over a year now. That's right. But, I mean, they added Dante DiVincenzo, Jermichael Green. They have new pieces. That's going to – and also, they got roster decisions to make. Anthony Lamb and Ty Jerome, who has been very good for them, they're on two-way contracts. In the NBA, you can only play them so many games before you have to sign them. That's so, right. that's two guys that you're going to lose. I think it's like 40-something games. And that's why if you watch Lamb and Ty Jerome, they don't play sometimes because on a two-way contract, you can't play them. You have to play them. That's a good point. At X amount of games. So, what are they going to do with them? Are they going to sign them? That's a valid point. Like, like what's going to happen? So, the Warriors need to get it together. Um, When we get back off this next break, we're going to talk about the injured stars, the Clippers resurgence first. And then we're going to talk about the injured stars around the league. I got a few questions to ask you, man, and then we'll jump on out of here. This is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR, and Cole. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, guys, welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR, first time guest, Cole. Let's talk about, continue our talk about around the NBA. Um, the Clippers resurgence, man. Uh, Kawhi's been great over the last 10, 29 points a game, seven rebounds, four assists, shooting 55.6% from the field, 47 from three, and 92 and a half from the free throw line. He's really found, uh, excuse me, a rhythm over the last 10 games. And I think with them, the reason why they're starting to kind of click is they're actually starting to play now. Like Kawhi, I'm convinced Kawhi only plays when he wants to play, and it drives me nuts. But now that he's actually playing, Paul George is back. I know John Wall's been out, but John Wall ain't really been a huge, big factor, yeah, yeah, for them. It's not a huge factor. Yeah, I mean, he's been in and out anyway. But I think now, since the entire team is playing together, they're starting to build that chemistry, and you're starting to see um, them play well. What's your thoughts about the Clippers? Do you think they can win at all if they continue to play well? And what, what do you think about them? At this point, I'm convinced that they can make a run for it, yeah. but I don't see them – competing against like Sixers or the Celtics. Okay. I don't see them beating those teams. But hey, we're just not able to see them firing it up on <laughs> right. all cylinders. I mean, I, I want a bigger sample size before I can say, yeah, they can win it all. I got you. I think they have the talent to. Right. Are they deep enough is my thing. I mean, are they deep enough to win a championship? I don't see their bench, you know, beating out some of these other well, guys. They have a lot of wing depth. They have too many wings. That's, meaning, a, that's right. Yeah. They got Covington, Powell, Terrence Mann, um, Luke Kennard when he comes back. They have Paul George, Kawhi. They just have Reggie, John Wall. They have too many guards, too many wing depth. They need a another big, as I feel. I, uh, I feel the same. To compete. So, the biggest thing, if y'all listen to my um, episode early last year, while I, talk, while I started talking about my expectations for the year, I picked the Clippers to win the championship. I thought that with a combination of Kawhi, Paul George, Ty Lue, um, the addition of John Wall. I thought, you know, with the, the wings they have, I thought they could win a championship because they could play small. Oh, I forgot about Marcus Morris. They got him. Yeah. I mean, like, they bring in one more center. I mean, there's a center on the trade block. Right, right. Nick yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, Vooch, can, yeah, that's right. But yeah, He can make a difference. The thing with Vooch, though, is, is Vooch wouldn't fit with, with uh, Zubak. And I think you can't bring him off the bench because you pay him too much. So That's true. If, unless you're going to trade Zubak, which I wouldn't. So, but anyways, I, <laughs> Chill B always laughs at me, but I, Kawhi, I'm over Kawhi. He just plays when he wants to play. If he can put together a good 
you know, stretch over the next 40 games, I might start believing in them. But until then, I'm going to stick with them winning the championship because I picked it, but it ain't looking promising. So, um, real quick, just the injured stars around the league, man. It's kind of a blow. You know, you got KD's been out. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back in the next couple of weeks. Zion, he should be around about coming back now. Um, Cat has been out. Man, I forgot about Carl Anthony, to be honest with you. He's been Honestly, out for a while been out, yeah. with the calf mer- uh, muscle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Devin Booker's been out. Uh, Giannis has been in and out of the lineup with a sore left knee. And the surprise, uh, Halliburton, Tyrese Halliburton has been out for a while. He's been playing excellent. So, man, I hate that these stars around the league are out. Uh, it just kind of puts a damper on the game, you know. Uh, I hate to see so many injuries, man. And hopefully we can see a lot of these guys back. Who are you looking forward to out of them guys, you know, that which Giannis played the other night. So I guess you can't put Giannis in that. I mean, he's been in and out. But who are you looking forward to coming back from those group of guys that I just read out? My favorites is Katie and Zion. Yeah, I think yeah, Zion sure. getting back, getting in a rhythm. I mean, I like the Pelicans team. Yeah, I, I just feel like they're so close to being ready for the championship. Yeah. I feel like they're so close to just close. being ready. Absolutely. Still young in a way, but I mean, they're just piecing it together, and I love it. And then, like I said, we're talking about earlier, KD, Kyrie's going off. I just want to see the Nets prove what they invested. Right. right? right. I want them to what they've invested. I want it to pay off kind of like you are with the Clippers right. the way they paid for Paul George and they pay for Kawhi like one of these investments is going to pay off yeah, you know um, for sure. that's how I am with the Nets right now and I'm excited to see KD to keep going with this crazy career I mean it's phenomenal for me I'm I'm excited to see Zion come back because when Zion left they were third second or third in the West exactly they're one of the best teams in the West <laughs> with Zion oh I gotta add Brandon Ingram he just came back yesterday but he's been out so I mean, exactly so that team is ready to take it I feel like when Zion come back, they're going to be all right. So I'm excited to see Zion come back. And I want to see Cat back. I ain't been a big fan of Cat, but I want to see him back with Rudy and see if they can figure that out. I don't think it's going to ever work. I think that the Rudy trade was horrible, um, but we'll see how that works out. So real quick, a few questions, man, before we get out of here. Um, who do you think the best team in the East is, in your opinion? Uh, who do you have as the best team in the East? I mean, I had the best team as the Celtics. You think Celtics are the best team? I mean, if you watch them play, they're complete. They're hard to beat. I mean, so many offensive weapons, and they got the defense with it. That's true. I mean, you can't say that about every team. Right. Uh, but right now, the Celtics has offense and defense, Yeah. and so that's why they're the best team in the East. What about the West? Do you think the best team in the West is? I know the West is jumbled, but you got the Nuggets sitting up top in Memphis. Who, in your opinion, who's the – The West is harder than – the East for me, yeah. uh, because it's 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 hard to be like, yeah, this team's going to do it, but it's obviously for right now the Nuggets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, because out of the West, I don't see another team beating the Nuggets. I agree right now, like that. But today, like as of today, as of today, yeah, I see I the Nuggets you. as being the best um, with 34 wins and 15 losses, and their last 10 games at eight and two. I mean, for they're sure. on a roll. The only other team that's even, like there's not a the other, other team as close to that is the Kings. They're seven and three the last ten games. And the two they lost. The two they lost. Jokic was low managing. So it goes to show you, <laughs> that goes to show how dominant of a team. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I don't. I, I see it being the, the Celtics and Nuggets. I agree with you. I, I would say the Celtics are the best team in the East if we're talking about right now. And like, overall, yeah. Like as of today, right now at you know. January 27th, yes, they are the best team. Also, I do think the Nuggets are the best team in the West. Um, it's going to be hard to beat them, I think, but we'll see. Um, who's your MVP so far of the league this year? Well, while we're on it, obviously, with the Nuggets, uh, I'm about to go with 
Jokic. Yep. I'm going to go with the Joker. I'm going to have to go with, I mean, yes, he won last year. And the year before. And the year before. But, guys, what he is doing is different. (laughs) Wilt numbers. I just don't understand it. When you watch him, it's kind of like, how is this goofball (laughs) doing what he's doing? And I love it. It Honestly, it's fun to watch, um, for sure. But you got so you got Jokic. I got Jokic. If you listen to my episode a couple episodes ago, I said that KD was the real MVP, and I really meant that. I really felt like oh, for sure KD was should have been the MVP, but obviously he's, he's missed hurt. games. Yep. So that's kind of taken out of that conversation. But I differ from you right now. It's probably probably going to be Jokic, but I think Jason Tatum. I have Jason Tatum right now as the MVP. I mean, he's leading the best team in the NBA record-wise, uh, leading scorer, thirty-one points a game. Competes on both sides of the floor. Um, I think Tatum is the MVP right now, slightly over Jokic, but it would not surprise me if Nikola Jokic won the MVP for a third straight year in a row. I kind of expect him to. It's probably what's going to happen, um, but I, I got Tatum uh, right now. A um, couple more questions, man. Who, who do you think needs to make a trade to put them – kind of over the top or in contention in your mind? What are what are some of the teams or players that you're looking at that says, hey, they need to, they need to make a trade? So for me, a team to make it over the top with the trade, it would be either your Nets making yeah, a, a, sure. a trade to add more to the point guard position for sure. or shooting guard position. And then another team that a lot of people have talked about and they've already made a move, like they're like, there's two teams who's made a trade before trade deadline. I think is one of the Lakers. Yeah, I think the Lakers are trying to find their identity right now. But at the end, at the end of the day, you you hear all the time they're on the trade block. They're on the trade block trying to get somebody. So I think the Lakers, if it takes that one more trade to get them to come back to that winning record and to come to the finals, I think that's what needs to happen for them. Um, but a team that I want to see kind of really trade and kind of break up or kind of see where they can go is the Warriors. The Warriors. I want to see hmm. what what can they do right now, trade deadline. Are they going to try to fight what they have or are they going to try to move something around? It's interesting. I you mean, have... they're sitting right there at that kind of like, is it working enough or do we need to make some moves? Now, when you say it puts you on the spot, when you say trade, are you talking – some of the role players, or, you, or what do you mean? Like, are you talking Draymond? Like, I'm talking Draymond. Wow. All okay. I mean, because as a guy who watches the Warriors, because I mean, they're a fun team to watch. Oh, absolutely. Love watching Curry. Absolutely. When you watch, it, it, you already see what Draymond did for the season. I know everybody bashed him for so long for punching right. Jordan cool. Poole, but at the end of the day, that's not the only reason. Right. It's it's the fact that. Can't it's stop, time to move on. Can't stop a JV team. Like, yeah, it's time for him to move on, find him something else. I mean, mm, interesting. You, you you hear it all the time. Oh, he. Everybody used to say he's the leader of this team. Well, I'm sorry, but I truly believe that Curry is the leader of this team. I hear you. I, I believe it's Curry, and for his voice, if it matters so much, is he bringing it down? Is right. he bringing the team down? But I'm, I'm ready to watch them walk him out the door. But I mean, as of right now, they say, hey, he, he has some value. Well, then trade him. Well. I differ a little bit. I think you should wait to after the season to trade him. I mean, if you're going to make little moves, that's fine. But to trade him, I mean, him and Curry has such a chemistry together. So I think you have to keep him. I think you would need an offseason to trade him and get somebody else in so that you can get the offense, you know, the way it is. But um, 
I, I do think they need to make a move. I just don't know if Draymond's the one. Um, what about the Mavericks? You think the Mavericks need to make a move? <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Uh, as, as a guy, I mean, you watch – Luka could be in the MVP conversation. Oh, he, he, is? he is. No, he is in it. Sure. Say, but I'm talking about, like, today. We could have yeah. put him in that one, For actually. Sure. Um but for me, you watch them play, and it's all spotlight on Luka, right? right? Every other team you see making this push, the Sixers, the Celtics, the the Nets, I mean, any team you want to put up there right now, you have three to two superstars, right. and we're looking at Just Luka. Luka. <laughs> I mean, right. at the end of the day, I want to see someone come over to the mass. Hey, if that was the Warriors giving Andrew Wiggins away or something like that, it's not necessarily a superstar, but a guy who's going to make a difference. Man, Luka doesn't need necessarily another superstar. Right. But give him somebody. Well, I'll throw this name out there. I think Van Fleet would be great. (laughs) I think Fred Fred would be great. I think Zach Levine. Zach Levine would be a perfect fit. That would be perfect. It'd be perfect. That would be perfect. Beside Luka. Um, the Bulls just ain't working right okay, now. Okay, that's another team I said needs to trade. Bulls. Yeah. Man, go ahead and send out. When you, you know, say trade, you mean like sell, like trade sell. the players. Yep. I got you. Because they ain't have Lonzo. They're dragging. I mean, they're, they're pulling. DeMar's doing what he can. I love DeMar. Too, I love man. DeMar. DeMar's <laughs> doing what he can do, um, but it's just not working. So it's dragging. I got you. I got you. I, I, I tend to agree with all those that you said. You got any more in mind that you think? You know that that they need to make a trade or a player that needs to move. I, I just I feel like Levine, and I told you he'll be this. Fred Van Fleet, if he went to the Lakers, to me that would be, man, that would be incredible. What about some players you think should be on the move? I think Jordan Clarkson. Yep. Uh, he's on that uh, Jazz team, guys. Sure. I'm telling, he is averaging a career high yep. in assists. That's a guy. You, you move Jordan Clarkson over to a team with Luca or yeah. or these players that is going to totally change the game. You you put you you move Karis Levert out of the Cavaliers. For sure. I mean the guy is he's a three way in, in a way. I mean he can do it all. He's not shooting too bad from the three. I think he's shooting thirty three percent or thirty eight percent from the three. For sure. Uh, that's not bad. I mean he's definitely uh, he he'll be an addition to any bench. Oh for sure. I mean depth wise. If you're a team like the Lakers or your team, maybe the Warriors or you're the team, if you want to put them with, uh, you know, the Nets or sure. any of these teams that you can add a Karis Levert, I mean, you're That'll changing. That'll be helpful, for sure. You know, so that's really all I, I mean. You have. That's really a few I have. Yeah, so I think they need new homes. They can help out contending teams for sure. Um, and, yeah, I think – what about the Raptors? You think the Raptors need to – keep it together or break the team up? Speaking when we say Fran Van Fleet, I mean, I know OG's been on the trade block. What do you think about that team? Man, that team is one of those teams you're like, how are they where they're at with yeah. the roster? Yeah. I mean, if from Hassel, I mean, is, yeah. where's he Siakam, at this year? Yes, yeah. Well, Siakam's been great this year. He's been so that's my I've thing. been all-star. Yeah, honestly. that's what I'm saying. So, with OG, to me, was on the trade, like, number one on the trade block for some people. They're like, hey, this OG, and I'm another guy, he's going to be the number one trade block guy. Is a three and D wing, you know. He's a most valuable sub star. I mean, I wouldn't say he's a star; he's a sub star. So that being said, I mean that team needs to break up a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. Move some pieces around. I agree. I think if you send uh, Van Fleet out, OG out, you can you can keep building around Siakam. I think Siakam definitely is the piece to build around. But before we got here, give me one dark horse team that you think can win the finals. That's it between the East or the West. What's a team that we can that you can look and say, you know, this team can really win the finals? 
in your mind from the East or the West? Just a team that you can say, wow, they have the talent, they have the coach, and they have everything. My dark horse team right now, just because, and, and, and a lot of people probably frown upon it, is the Kings. Really? I just, I, I, I want to see, that's another team that they have defense. Their offense right now can hang with any oh, offense yeah. in the NBA. Absolutely. Matter of fact, they might lead most of the offense. We'll have to look at the NBA. stats, but I guarantee you they probably I guarantee top they three. do. Yeah. It's the defense. And, I, I mean, you hear the uh, the quote by Darren Fox. He says he's they're offensively there, but their defense is not. That's right. But they want it. That's right. And I'm telling you, that's another team that I'm – the reason why I say they're dark horses, they're sitting number three yeah. in the West with 27-20. They're, they're seven and three in their last ten games. That's good. That's good. I mean, they're on fire. They're the second best on fire team right now behind the Nuggets. Awesome. So. I, my dark horse would be the Pelicans. I think if they can stay healthy with um, C.J. McCollum, B.I., Zion, <laughs> watch out. That would be scary. Um. Let me give you my all things sports power rankings before we get out of here. At number one, I got the Boston Celtics. Number two, I got the Denver Nuggets. Number three, I got the Memphis Grizzlies, who we really didn't talk about today, but hey, they're they're still good. At four, we got the 76ers, who we really didn't talk about today. But uh there Joel is playing incredible. At number five, Brooklyn Nets. Number six, uh the Sacramento Kings, who's been a, a, a great surprise. Number seven, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who we didn't talk about a lot, but hey, they've been playing well. Number eight, the Clippers. Number nine, New Orleans. Number 10, chill, you're going to like this, the Miami Heat. Uh, they've been playing well. As of today, they're probably a top 10 team. <laughs> they I are, mean, they're up there. I want to break them up. I kept telling him I think they needed to break up. I don't mind being wrong. They've been playing well. So, um, in my power rankings real quick before we get out of here, see if you agree with me. At number five, I have Giannis. At number four, I have Luka. Number three, Joel Embiid deserves credit. He deserves credit credit he's tied for the league league and scoring they're second in the east he deserves credit for being you know the the leading force on that team <clears throat> um nicola Jokic at two i got jason taylor at one would you switch that order around you I would mean, put Jokic put, at one i would put Giannis above um luca luca okay and would I, you keep Embiid at three as of right now yes yeah. but um I, I, I like it. I like what you put out there. So you far. would just switch Jokic and Taylor. I would Taylor, switch Jokic Taylor. And then Giannis and Luka. But I'm very, like, you made a good point earlier. I'm very close to putting Jason Tatum on that one. I'm telling you, I Jason, mean, he's been great. That's pushing it. So. He's been great. So, man, this was fun, man. Uh, hopefully, get you back on the show again, man, where we can talk and debate. Uh, be on the lookout. Like I said, I'm, I plan on getting them back on the show so we can talk about the results of the playoffs. But uh, this was fun to get your analysis. And the first time, man, on the All Things Sports Podcast. Looking for many more. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in. Share, share, share. Continue to get the word out. Um, this is the All Things Sports Podcast with your guy, JR, with my brother Cole, first-time guest. I hope y'all guys have a great day, afternoon, evening, night, whenever it is you listen to this. Peace out. <laughs>